Uh, is this thing on? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Gravity Lift Podcast, a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love. Music and festival life, yoga and wellness, travel and adventure. We are your hosts, Jordan and Antonella. Welcome to the Gravity Live Podcast. Our guest today is Sarah Rose with 97.6 Cabalestral. You just changed to a new voice. <laughs> Wait, will you give me some Lola too? Like a dump truck. <laughs> I like that intro. That's good. I need to work on my voices. Yeah. I don't have any. Yeah, I need to work on them more, but I have lots and lots of voices. Can you do Sarah Rose's voice? No, I can't do Sarah Rose's voice. I can't just like pull shit out of my ass. Oh. That sounds really gross. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're a little delirious. We're coming off of a really busy weekend. Yeah. Of uh, mischief making, ho- pre-Halloween mischief making. Yeah, it's basically Halloween. It was basically Halloween. Everyone yeah. dressed up. It was Halloween weekend. And then we just got to have an awesome two-hour conversation with one of our favorite mischief makers. Sarah Rose. Sarah Rose. She's a leader in this community, and um, she's leading the way bright and early, first thing in the mornings, uh, creating awesome community-driven vibes through yoga and music. And we've been so lucky to uh, connect with her over the years and to help uh, create some mischief and some merriment at these daybreaker events. And um, we got to connect with her when we um, collaborated for Yo Yo Yoga at Dirty Bird Camp Out. And yeah, I was going to say we've always kind of had a connection, but that mm-hmm. connection really grew at Dirty Bird mm-hmm. Camp Out where she was kind of our yoga mama and mm-hmm. was, you know, in charge. And we definitely don't need someone in charge we, no. we we have our shit figured out we can do festivals and we've got it totally set artists, on our own it's nice but to it, have was, it was so amazing having yeah. her and it like let off some of the stress of certain things and she was there when we needed her instead of it having to be one of us to stress and make sure something happened she was on the ball and it was so great and it, it, it just felt like so much more than having you know an assistant or someone mm-hmm. overseeing us it felt like having a really great friend there who mm-hmm. always wanted everyone to have the best time and was just also there to experience and she it. had a band-aid or would get a band-aid when you needed it yeah she was a good yoga mom like that great yoga mom yeah i had a great uh time chatting with her today i've known her for a long time the first studio that i really ever worked at she was there and the smiley front desk person and our relationship has evolved over the years and uh, you guys actually remind me of each other in a lot of ways. Uh, you have very similar personality Sparkles. traits. Yes, you both sparkle. Um, but yeah, you both are little little unicorns in your own way. Yeah, it was good to get to know a little bit more about her, but mm-hmm. also see the drive and hustle that she has. Mm-hmm. Um, but also hopefully to help guide that a little bit because I think she has the work and has some great ideas, but I think she needs a little um, little kick in the pants to know that she has what it takes and that she I is enough. I think we gave her a little kick in the pants. Oh, not of, not, not all of it was pants. on air. We had a great conversation even after, so it'll be really cool to see how she continues to evolve her own passion projects and then also um, just this Seattle area. Yeah, we'll just say keep an eye on Sarah Rose in the mm-hmm, future. For sure. 
Yep, she's a force that's here to stay. Wow. <laughs> Is that how you do sound check? Sound check? The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a beautiful sound check. I think I'm going to leave that at the beginning of the Please podcast. Please explain. Please explain yourself. It's from Anchorman. Oh. When he's like warming up. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. You don't remember that? I, I don't. I, I need like to we revisit should do that, that at the beginning movie. of every podcast. Yeah. Now. Do now you do it that way. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. Beautiful. Are you supposed to say expressive like that? I don't know. I like to. Or just articulate. Why would you not? Yeah. Gotta be It's your turn. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. Mm. So the arsonist on today's episode of the Carbolet <laughs> Podcast is Sarah Rose. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Sarah, are you always a Sarah Rose or are you ever just a Sarah or mm. how does that work? I feel like um, I prefer Sarah Rose, but mm-hmm. there's homies such as yourself mm-hmm. that can call me Sarah. And uh, yeah, I mean, my, my little brother calls me Sarah. My I realized go back and forth. that I never do until we were at Dirty Bird Camp Out mm-hmm. and Jordan's like, oh, we have to wait for Sarah. And I was like, what? Who? Who? Like it, <laughs> it was a good 20 seconds before I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> that one. Her. <laughs> so you brought up your brother and I know Antonella's dying to ask you. So we're just going to come right out of the Ooh, gates. Yeah. She used to show me videos of you and your brother. Or pictures or at, doing like, at an airport. Weird antics dressed oh. in like similar clothes. <laughs> like going on vacation together. Yes. My little brother is pretty badass. He's How much younger? Six years younger. Okay. So, um, and he lives in downtown Seattle. He's a programmer. A programmer. Bro. <laughs> programmer. I love him. Super smart. Like really, really smart, but on the introverted side. So really doesn't like to be in the limelight, but super witty, like fast. He's got, he pretty much memorizes every single movie he's ever seen. So we can throw those lines back at you. And so we do like to do a sibling outing. So there was one... That was like three and a half years ago, four years ago. He was like, Surprise, after you come back from Burning Man, we're gonna go to Hawaii. And I was like, What? <laughs> Amazing. So we did this whole sibling vacation and wore matching shirts that said on the front said sibling vacation. On the back it said, Don't make this awkward. Because sometimes when we're together, people will be like, You're such a cute couple. Exactly. Yeah. And so we always make it a joke of if we go out to dinner, I'll be like, My brother would love to have a grilled cheese and he'll be like my older sister would like a glass of water and we try to play that game you know back and forth all the time so nice. we look very similar our voices are pretty similar too so growing up we'd always fuck with everyone and answer the phone and pretend to be the other person uh, i yeah. love that you're so connected that way mm-hmm. this has always been you've always been very close oh yeah yeah That's he awesome. got to go through all that cross-dressing phase where i would dress him up and put makeup <laughs> on him and Make him do all the silly things around the house with me. So, my sister used good. to do that stuff to me. It's like a rite of passage. Yeah. I feel like if you have a younger brother. There's a picture of me somewhere, like an actual like printed out picture, because that's how they did back in the day, right, Ella? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I, I believe so. Zing. Of me, really sure. of me wearing a bra. Oh, Ooh, wow! I, I, I never. Me at like 10, 12 years old or something, just running around with a bra on. I never went that bad but like we would do a bra yeah he would do shirtless a lot and i would like paint on his chest mm. like we did our own rendition of uh, lord of the dance remember when that came out <laughs> we called it lord of the pants uh. <laughs> <laughs> and i made him wear a leather vest and i just tell me there's documentation oh there's somewhere. video Good. yeah yeah made him do a solo for sure 
I love that. So was that partially, you know, because your parents are like, you guys will be close, damn it, like no fighting? Or was it just you're just little spirit animals? Yeah, naturally, like just he's always got my back. I've got his. And even though our schedules are pretty crazy, like we still make time for each other, which I think is really important. Mm -hmm. And just family's always been, I want to spend time with him. He's cool. Yeah. And it's been, maybe it's the same way with your siblings. Like, it's really funny to see their trajectory. Mm -hmm. It's not where I thought he would go in life, but he's totally killing it. And it's just really cool to sit back and see him. I love hearing that. Because how old are you now? 32. So you're 32. So he'd be 26. 26. I love hearing that now because mine are, what, 19 and... (sighs) 15. How old are my kids? I know. I had to think about it. Mine <laughs> yeah. are 19 and 15, but they're the exact same way. And I've been, people ask me all the time, like, how did you get so lucky? They never fight. They're best friends. They get along. They like genuinely want to hang out together. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has been the oldest. So my daughter, yeah. same thing as you, has yeah. always been like, this is my buddy. This is who I'm going to hang out with. And her friends would be like, why are we hanging out with your little brother? And she's like, because he's cool. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what we're doing. And so I, I do think like being the older sibling, the fact that you created that dynamic and I had very similar with my brother. So mm-hmm. I just kind of assumed it was because I kind of in like kind of put that on them a little bit because mm-hmm. I got to have a best friend brother growing up and we hung out a lot. So I'm curious, like, do you know if your parents, either of them, had a similar dynamic with their siblings? Is this something that's been kind of intuitively passed on? My dad, pretty close with his brothers. Mm, my nice. my mom, mm, not super close with her sister. But it's also, I think, maybe your parents were like, but they worked. Yeah. Like, both my parents worked full time. Yeah. And then after we were in school, we'd go to another after school program. So it was like we had to look out for each other. Mm-hmm. And we were with each other all the time. So I think rather than being like, oh, man, I'm stuck with my brother. It was like, we're in this together. So, like, let's make the best of it. But our parents are also just, like, cool, loving, community-driven people. So it's always kind of been ingrained in us of, like... I really want to meet your Look out for each other. I want to meet your whole family. hilarious. Because I, like, voyeur on Facebook whenever you post pictures of your family. I'm always like, they look like they just have a cool family. They are... Yeah, I feel like I hit the jackpot with them. I mean, everyone hopefully loves their parents. You know, everyone's got stuff, too. I mean, we're not perfect, but I feel really fortunate to have parents that are so accepting and authentic and like, yeah, go wear that weird costume or, yeah, go do that weird thing that you want to do. Like, we totally support you no matter what it is. Yeah. Your hair is what color now? Cool. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My mom was like, we started dyeing our hair. When I was in third grade, she was like, do you want purple hair? I was like, yes, of course I want purple hair. <laughs> so we both did it together and it's kind of been this magical journey since then. And did you grow up around here? Are you a Pacific Whidbey Island. Oh. Beautiful Whidbey Island. Yeah. Coopville. Are they still over that way? Mm-hmm. They're still in the house that uh, we moved in also in third grade. That was a big year. And we've lived there ever since. And it was my mom's mom's house before that. So... Yeah, nice. holding it down. So you went to high school and all that on the island? Mm-hmm. Wow, how's that? Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Class of 75 kids that we kind of grew up all, whoa, courts, all together. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's a good and a bad thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys come from small towns. Refresh uh, me. Not necessarily. I came from Sammamish. Sammamish, um, okay. But I went to Eastside Catholic. So Ooh. my graduating class, I'm trying to remember, it was like... 
120 kids or something. So mm. it's pretty small. Yeah. It's like a good thing and a bad thing all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. hers was like 400 people. Yeah. I grew up in West Seattle and then we moved oh, to Issaquah. So okay. I went to Issaquah High School, had like 450 in my graduating class. There was Holy like smoke. 16, 1700 in the whole school. Jeez. Yeah. It was a huge yeah, school. How crazy is that? Coming that, from a small school? Yeah. Yeah. That's like the whole town. Mm-hmm. And we have one stoplight <laughs> in our town. Yeah. And we were, we were the last year of it. So that year is when they opened East Lake. And so some of the kids, mostly like if you lived up on the plateau, they, mm-hmm. they got reallocated to East Lake. And then because we were seniors, we got the option. Oh, that's And I was like, nice. I don't want to go to the rich, fancy shit school. I'm going to stay at Isquah. And so <laughs> East Lake or Skyline? No, Skyline wasn't in existence yet. It was oh, East Lake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're nice. making, stop trying to make her feel old. <laughs> I'm noticing a theme. Yeah, he loves to rag on my age. Yeah, geez. Like, did they even have that back then? I mostly, don't know. Mostly because she has all these references that I just don't get. He and so she understand. loves Like analog? You're like, what is that? <laughs> no, because half know. of the synths in here are analog, so. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, it's more like music or movie. Like, there's a lot of stuff that he just has no... Yeah. awareness of but it's just like, i think it's a really cool benefit because then we get to teach each other yeah and actually i really connected we both really connected with radha and eli when mm-hmm. they were here because they have the same i think it's the same pretty similar difference. spread yeah yeah so how is it working with her how's how do you oh how my gosh radha is, <laughs> i love her yeah mama radha i call her especially now that her journey has been really cool to see her meeting Eli and then the transformation of their relationship and seeing Daybreaker grow. And then also now that she's a mom and she's just a couple months away. I mean, she's due on actual New Year's oh, Day. Oh, I didn't even know she was pregnant. Oh, what? yeah. Yeah. How their baby that? is due oh. on New Year's Day, yeah. of course. Oh, my gosh. I know. Soleil, little Magical. girl. Um, and they were pretty public about their experience. Like they miscarried and mm. she like spoke about that and just how you know, part of being in a community is supporting each other when you really need it. And so Mm -hmm. she was really vulnerable and open and, um, they're hilarious bosses. I put that in air quotes because it definitely feels more like a collaboration than a, like, this is how we do it. And they're really open to feedback. And, um, the Seattle market has been different than they expected. I think they were kind of assuming it would be similar to San Francisco and New York Mm -hmm. and LA, like the big, corner cities and it's not not at all and it's like we were talking before that seattle is just an interesting place to throw community events because it's just hard to unlock what what gets people into it and i i think it changes all the time Mm -hmm. so just when you think you've got it figured out then there's this big shift that happens and I think that's kind of a good thing because um, other places could get maybe get a little bit stale mm-hmm. or predictable. And so I like that we have to kind of keep on our toes when planning events. And um, I really, I loved it when, I think she came out, it was right for the launch of mm-hmm. when you guys switched from the wake to Daybreakers. And um, I believe we were at your house yeah. and had a little get together and she was great. I loved her energy and how important it was to her that we all get together and mm-hmm. she got to know the crew going out. And um, yeah. Yeah, that's super important to them. They always want to know like who, not just like our community, but like individual people. Like they want names, they want pictures. Mm-hmm. So it's we've got like a giant uh, WhatsApp channel that's all the Daybreaker producers and we're always sending pictures and updates and like screenshotting conversations that people have and just so that they can feel connected to our community even Mm -hmm. though they're 
you know, thousands of miles away and doing their own thing all the time. Because it's hard to keep track of. We're in 25 cities now around the world. Wow. So to keep a pulse on all of that at the same time is, I can only imagine. And you went for a little retreat or something, mm-hmm. right? How was that? Was that Producer a representative summit. from, oh, it was a summit. So yeah. is that everybody or the most for the most part? They invite everyone in to see if they can make it. Our, mm-hmm. our second annual one is actually coming up at the end of November. So two wow. days after our daybreaker, I'm flying back to New York and they make it like this full whirlwind experience of it starts with a daybreaker in New York and then we get whisked away somewhere. Uh, last year it was like four hours away at this really cool cabin called the Brampton and start to finish it was like vegetarian home-cooked meals we had a chef stay with us they had these zen wake-ups when they would wake us up in the morning with chimes and like feeding you cucumbers and singing (laughs) songs and and then we threw a party every night and uh, just all the producers getting together to share best experiences like what's working what's not and then plan ahead kind of Again, like when you get all the cities together, we're all moving on our own trajectory, but it's good to reunite and like re-harvest our energy in one area and then keep moving because mm-hmm. every, every city has its own vibe. Mm-hmm. So it's good to connect. Yeah, because all of Daybreakers is just like about an experience. Mm-hmm. Community. So adding that experience and community inside of it is mm-hmm. super important. Um, and then you guys can learn from each other. Totally. And even if you can learn what didn't work in one city and then you can try different things. I think that's super important to keep that dialogue alive inside of it, especially mm-hmm. for something that big. Because um, don't did they do some stuff internationally now? Yeah, we're in Sweden, Amsterdam, yeah. Paris, Tokyo. Crazy. Uh, they're going to be launching, I believe, in Australia soon, which is like, OMG. Are they all fairly similar in, in, in a way, like the overall theme? I mean, we just described to someone who's never been to a daybreaker, like yeah. what, what's an easy, succinct way of saying what this a, experience is? An early morning movement to start your day off with intention. Uh, we usually typically, we usually typically, we usually typically begin with a one hour of yoga or one hour of movement. Some other cities have tried different forms, but yoga seems to be the best way to center people. And then two hours of dancing with little surprises in between. So it's a three-hour experience overall. Uh, Some people just come for the dancing, which blows my mind, that people are like, nope, no yoga. I am here to dance my face off (laughs) at 7 a.m. Those characters are always funny to see. Yeah, They They go hard. They go hard, and they get there at like 6.30, and they're like, can we go in early? I'm like, no, we're in the middle of yoga, dude. Like, chill. (laughs) Like, chill. I love the combo. So this will be – we're – we're teaching for you guys yeah. for what's it called? Mono I love the name, but Friendtastic Monochromatic. Friendtastic Monochromatic. <laughs> That's the best name ever. We gotta um, figure out our color. Black. Well, I I like that you put that. I actually think it'd be kind of funny if you and I are in all black and then everyone else is all the colors. Yeah. The little, mm. the little yoga ninjas. I feel like we should go with all white, because white Ooh. is all the colors. Oh. You could do a costume change. Oh uh, yeah. Or you could do half. Because together I'll you be make black, one. Be white. Or we wear oh, all the colors. Yeah, it could be rainbow too. We could be rainbow and that way we're part of everyone's team. Oh. Anyway, so what, <laughs> I, I got I got sidetracked. So this is uh, right after Thanksgiving we're doing this, right? Mm-hmm, the 28th, yeah. And is this our third daybreaker? Because you talked for us for the wake. We had you at... Yeah. At, I think uh, it's our fourth. Yeah. Because we did... fourth. We did the waterfront. Did the waterfront. We did foundation. Foundation. And we did uh, Fred's Fred Wildlife. Fred Wildlife, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this will be our fourth. Fourth. Woohoo. We love it. We love and, having And that's you. saying a lot because we don't really 
get up early. I know you guys are not morning people. <laughs> no, we're getting better. That's why we're usually like, can we do a Saturday one? Cause it starts at nine, <laughs> but we can do it. We'll do it. There's something extra special about the morning. I mean, even you, you know, when you're playing a set that's mm-hmm. late, like there's just a different energy of like, no one else is up. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we are. And look at this cool stuff that's happening. Like, I, I don't know. There's something extra special and the people that you're there with, you feel just a cool bond. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, everyone's sober. Yes. You know, you're not going out to a bar where alcohol sales drive everything. And so mm-hmm. people are there to get drunk. And mm-hmm. it's kind of funny, like when you go to the after hour sets, like the one I played on Saturday night, like the bar's closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people are still there and they're still hanging out and they're still Cause they kind of pushing through. Because mm-hmm. yeah, they're like, I'm here for this music. Yes. I'm not here because I'm trying to meet people and get drunk and like party. They're mm-hmm. like, no, I'm here because I'm in it. Yeah, it's a different energy. Yeah, you guys get a lot of those people. And you guys seem to get a lot of repeat customers, I guess oh, for we'll sure. say, where like, you're like, oh yeah, that dude is the last one. And he was at the one before. And yeah. he's like always cutting up a rug, dancing yep. on the floor. It's cool seeing those people. Yeah, I feel really fortunate to know a lot of them by name. I get invited to like their birthday parties. One of them, I was an honorary bridesmaid in their wedding. Like just, <laughs> so that to me, I mean, we were kind of talking about this before, like, what's not what's the end goal but like what does it feed into Mm -hmm. and a lot of I find what I want to involve myself in comes back to that idea of community like connecting with people and that's where I feel most fulfilled is when I'm either helping someone and help them achieve their their greatest self or I'm just with someone to support them and guide them and just Mm -hmm. walk alongside them that's always seems to be kind of where I end up so to be able to be there for people on like their special days or people reach out to me sometimes to just be like, hey, can I just have someone to talk to? I'm like, yeah, let's meet up. Let's have coffee. Like, let's, yeah. let's chat. How can I be there for you? I think that's why we feel so connected to you and people like Mark and uh, Subset and stuff, because that's that's definitely our overarching goal with all of this mm-hmm. is connection yeah and and it can feel really lonely especially in seattle everyone's in their little bubble and now you bring the phones into the equation and and it's hard to feel like you're having genuine connection time Mm -hmm. with yourself and with other people Mm -hmm. and so i love the combination of like we're going to do this yoga practice you're going to connect to yourself you're going to feel your breath and move your body and then evolve this into then afterwards being able to connect with all these people around you and mm-hmm. have a really great time. And then the the uniqueness of Daybreakers is all of this is happening before you even go to work. Mm-hmm. So the ma- like think about all the people where their work day is like a prison cell. They're so they isolated. Hate it. They yeah. hate it. They go, they punch the clock, they do their shit and they leave. And so the fact that you can give them this morning wake up of a really cool experience and then they go to work and I bet they're a different person on oh, those yeah. days. I'm sure they're actually just their energy is different so people will probably approach them differently and mm-hmm. then if you can start off your day with that much intention it's totally going to trickle down into the rest of your day like mm-hmm. I it has to there's no way that it just stops there once they leave the door. From a production side of things, how how has this evolved, or what what things have you learned from throwing these types of events? Can you share? Oh man, uh, I mean you've you've seen our run a show and how like <laughs> so we detailed. have it super detailed uh, for a reason mm-hmm. because it's just. I mean, you throw events too. You know how easy it is to forget about something, or you do it so often that you it becomes a habit but then sometimes it's just not there and even for me like DJing a set like I'll have an idea to do something and I'll totally forget about it in the moment because you get swept up yeah exactly so 
being overprepared, I think, has been like even every single party I always walk away and I'm like, oh, it's one more thing I can add to. I call it the mom bag. Like I have this <laughs> giant duffel bag that literally has anything that could go wrong, you know, or a backup, what have you. Like we just keep adding to it every party to make sure that because someone always runs up to me and they're like, we need this. And I'm like, are you serious? Like who would actually need that right now? Like, okay, <laughs> fine. I will go track it down. Yeah. Or um, like there's never enough tape in the world. I always need more tape, 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 tape for every gaffer's tape. Gaff tape. I'm like, it's yeah. fixes everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's evolved. And then um, going back to like energy, like I feel like in some ways I get really overprepared and other ways I try to let the magic of the party happen and the magic of the people that are there. Like we can have stuff planned out to the minute, but if the vibe of the party, if like I'm going to be interrupting the flow of the party, if I'm trying to interject something that doesn't feel right. Totally. So I feel like a lot of the people that we work with um, tends to be a lot of repeats because just the energy exchange is there. Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot easier for me to work with someone that can go with the flow and be okay with weird stuff happening and it doesn't trip them up. Like uh, Emily Griffin girl that was playing for Mm -hmm. this last party, I actually had her scheduled to DJ second. But when Shannon showed up, she didn't like her computer wasn't connecting to the internet. Um, She had different software than she like just there was all these technical issues and Emily was like I'm ready I'll just hop right in it was like perfect yeah amazing like she gets it she just flowed right in Shannon eventually played but just people like that that offer their energy and they're just ready to go like I didn't plan that and Mm -hmm. I could have freaked out and been like no you have to play second we're gonna (laughs) make this work and instead like go with the flow like let it go everything is gonna work out and it does yeah so um it's kind of like both ends of the spectrum, like be overprepared and be ready and have stuff in your back pocket, but also know that, you know, the universe can be like, yeah, not today. This and, is happening. And that's where when when you're hiring people, experience helps because mm-hmm. if you're newer to events or festivals or whatever, uh, you might be a little bit more rigid in expectations, but we're so used to festivals and events where something goes oh, every well, single we time. We talked about that at Dirty every Bird because I was yeah. trying to not have acid reflux with, <laughs> with the chaos <laughs> of Dirty oh Bird. Yeah. Gosh. If anything, that's a great boot camp for all for any event you might throw because because yeah. they're like logistics. There's something something goes wrong every time, and but again, like. I guess wrong isn't the right word. It just doesn't go as planned. Yeah, but exactly. But if you can Not be wrong. flexible and open and and a professional, you can you can ebb and flow through it. You guys and- were such great Yoda masters for that. <laughs> you were like, you're like, yeah, this is normal. This is not a big deal. Actually, we're pretty on top of it today. They actually yeah. have a sound system. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, yeah. yeah. It's expect the unexpected, but it helped that we were prepared yeah. and like ready. It's, it's also the difference between running your own events yeah. and being a part of something else someone else is running. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. And so, you know, we kind of encounter both of those regularly because we like to throw our yeah, own you stuff. You live in both worlds. But we mm-hmm. also know that that is a lot of work to throw your own events and it can mm-hmm. be exhausting. Um, and it can also be an exhausting in its own way to show up and have nothing prepared when you're not in charge. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, being able to just go with the flow is really helpful. Um, there's some people that are better than it and than others. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like that's a muscle. You, like 
you have to flex it a lot to mm-hmm. get good at it, yeah. and it's hard to flex it because it's not usually a good situation where you have to go with the flow. You're like, oh fuck, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I have to figure something out. Like, okay. And then also learning how to be in control without being mean. Mm. Yeah, and that's yeah. something I've found Ooh. a lot. I've experienced so much on both ends, on the ends of the talent and on the ends of the people that are producing the event. Because when you get in a stressed out situation, it's super easy to just be like, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. You did this wrong. Fix this. Instead mm-hmm. of like, how do I actively try to remedy a situation without blaming anyone yeah. and like pull from the team to get things done yeah. instead of you do this, you do that. Yeah. That's when that's I the find people. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> uh-huh. That's when I find people like that. I'm like, oh, you're a yogi. And they're exactly. like, no, 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 I don't do yoga. I'm like, yes, you do. Yeah, you you do. just did it right there. You do it all the time. Verbal yoga. Yeah. 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 You have the you have the philosophy and the lifestyle practice mm-hmm. of it. Um, yeah, because I think we've had, I think we've only had one technical issue at a daybreaker. Do you remember when we were supposed to co-teach? And then oh, we yeah. realized right before that our mics, we couldn't get the mic, the oh, sound check, the, and yeah. the feedback was... It was the one at the water. Oh, gosh. Was it? Yeah, that was... Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, I ended up teaching solo, mm-hmm. and then he DJed, which is fine, and it's it's great. But, it, again, it was sort of like, um, we kind of planned this whole thing. But it was hilarious to me because I normally don't plan classes, mm-hmm. but I only did plan it because we were going to be trading back and forth, and that way what I did made sense for what he did and blah, blah, blah. And then we ended up throwing all that out anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> because we couldn't get the mics to It was also, cooperate. like, early on in our... Um, yeah, that was. I like guess we'll say career of doing events. Those and types whatnot. of events. Yeah. yeah, and so now we're way better at it because we've been through that shit. But then that's the thing is, it takes going through those experiences mm-hmm. to really see how not only you react to them, but you react to how other people react to them. Yeah. Once you've kind of gotten that effect. out of the way, and you're like, all right, I understand my place and how I work within this, then it can be super easy. Mm-hmm. Just like, how can I be helpful? And if you can't be helpful, then just back away and let them figure their shit out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it like if it doesn't go well, it's not really skin off my back if I'm just going to be the event. Yeah, exactly. It's like if, if it wasn't my fault that there weren't speakers there set up now and everything starts 15 minutes late, like you can choose to be annoyed with it or you can just be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's their event. <laughs> they're throwing it. They're they don't have their shit together. Yeah, they're learning that the hard way but it is a lot to balance so how do you how do you balance all of this because you because what are you doing besides daybreakers like how <laughs> of your, let's say if you had like a percentage of your weekly allotment of energy and work mm-hmm. how much how much does that take up of it i mean it, like anything else it varies you know mm-hmm. closer to the event the time definitely you know if it's a, if it's a graph it's like a roller coaster slowly working up to the the top where it's going to drop so um, I try to plan like three months in advance just so that it's easier, you know, get the venue, get the talent locked in and then all the other details. Some of it you can get worked out in advance, but, mm-hmm. um, so I also teach at a couple other studios and then I do Rover dog walking on the side, one of my many side hustles. So I, Daybreaker takes up, uh, I don't know, like a good 30 to 50% of my week, I would say, like sometimes less, sometimes more, but mostly that with emails and chatting with New York, who's three hours ahead. Like it's this really fun game too, of like messaging each other, being Mm -hmm. like, you still at work, you still up, how can we make this work? And then um, teaching, I try to keep that just in that little bucket of like show up, teach class, mic drop, get out. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Where are you currently teaching and what? 
what so not just yoga yeah. right so i'm at bar three in kirkland mm-hmm. so i teach uh, about seven classes there a week and then i teach yoga and meditation at a sober treatment facility right in bellevue and that looks completely different every single class so like i have stuff planned you know back pocket i feel like you always have a couple classes tucked away and then you walk in and you have no idea what's going to happen or who's going to be there so um i have that two classes a week there and then dog walks throughout the week so it's a really fun schedule it's really random i don't know when we were trying to schedule this it was like <laughs> this third thursday at yeah. three o'clock <laughs> we have it available yeah but. that's like our schedule it's all over the place mm-hmm. but i, I mean i kind of like that there's times where yeah. i wish i had a little more consistent structure like do you ever um i mean do you have structure within all yeah. of that oh okay. yeah I have, I have structure like you know set class times and there's certain times i do dog walks that I work out with the owners and that works out with my schedule, but there's also a lot of, I call it just like Mm playtime. Like when I get up, I always try to get up an hour, hour and a half before I have to be somewhere. So I have time to drink my coffee, journal, craft, like try to clean up some tornado that I've made somewhere (laughs) in the house because David's super OCD. Um, And then like workout time, I always schedule that in because I feel like that's super important to me connecting with myself, like just getting my time, whether it's, you know, a circuit training class or yoga or a walk or bar class. Um, do you typically go take classes or do you do any workouts from home? I typically go. I, again, I, I love the energy of a group. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing. I just love that. And I feel like part of my jobs as like as daybreaker is I'm always seeking out new talent or like trying to get a different perspective on something. You know, there's only so many ways you can do a bicep curl. But mm-hmm. taking a class from someone else, they might have a different way of cueing it or I don't know. I like to get out there. So you mentioned that uh, some places that do Daybreaker do more movement based stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys t- toyed with some of the movement based? Yeah, we've done like a, a hit class. We've done meditation. Actually, Heather has taught a meditation little group one time. If we find a venue that has like two spaces that we can separate and there's Mm. not too much sound bleed like we'll offer something else um like miami coming up on halloween is actually doing like a shadow boxing class and Mm -hmm. yoga which is really really cool and meditation um some other cities have done uh voga where they vogue yoga (laughs) shut up yeah right not even heard of that it's a big thing in paris apparently voga um they've done bar classes But again, it depends on the market. And we're such a huge yoga city. I feel like we got to give the people what they want. Yeah, the best bet. Yoga. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just the easy. And it's also like most people, when you say yoga, they have an idea. Like if you say a hit class, half of the people are going to be like, what? Like, what is that? Unless they're familiar with it. And how are people... Are people receptive to adding in electronic dance music into their yoga influence? I mean, a majority are because they know what they're getting themselves into. But we definitely do have feedback sometime of people being like, I thought I was taking a yoga class. I'm like, yeah, you are in a fairy costume in a nightclub with a live DJ. Like, yes, you are. It's all yoga, right? Um, there's some traditionalists. I mean, I'm sure you guys encounter it too yeah. with some of your events. Like, yeah, you have a sure. very unique approach to not only teaching, but the soundtrack you provide people is is very different. And mm-hmm. I love that aspect, but I'm sure there's some people that want like no music, like very non-playful. 
Yeah, and that's why that's where we compartmentalize those a bit. So when we're doing something that we categorize as more of an event, then mm-hmm. he's DJing, and and the music he curates definitely fits the vibe. Whether if it's a Yin class versus a community driven high energy class, he's gonna he's gonna create uh, a rabbit hole of music for mm-hmm. people to go down. But if we're teaching a uh, continuing ed module weekend where you're learning how to do more advanced arm balances mm-hmm. and how to teach them and how to sequence them, we probably don't have any music. Yeah. You know, it's it's a lot more school serious. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I would say that in general, like you don't ever play quote unquote traditional yoga music. Or it's like, what is that even? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> is that a preconceived notion that it's just chanting and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because I've even been to um, there's a Kundalini studio down in South Lake Union and mm-hmm. they play Michael Jackson. <laughs> like you had to flop around on the fish like a fish on the floor to Michael Jackson for a whole, like a whole song. I was like, what? Like, wow. OK, this is expanding my idea of what yeah. yoga is. Right. Wow. And I guess that comes back to what you said is most people know what they're getting into. Yeah. If they come to Daybreakers and they're yeah. like, it's, you know, a dance party in the morning mm-hmm. and exactly. we're going to do yoga before then like. Yeah, you're probably going to have something like that. We, we definitely have our opinions on what makes a good <laughs> yoga soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And that's part of one uh, module that we teach within our 200 hour. Oh, cool. And actually, we should make that a continuing ed thing, too, for people who are already teachers. Because yeah. there's an art to sequencing a yoga class mindfully with music. And mm-hmm. and um, some people love to just put on their favorite songs and let them play. But uh, it depends what your intention is as a teacher and Mm -hmm. i know like for us we feel a lot of conflict with things that have a lot of really obvious um chorus words and especially things that are really recognizable or even messaging yeah like i don't want to hear that when i'm exactly exactly doing certain things there's a lot of that it's always tough and you'll hear a song that like oh my gosh this song is so great it speaks to me and then you go to listen to it while people are like in a gentle flow and you're like like, oh my gosh yeah that is a heartbreaking sad song (laughs) that these people don't need to go into this dark hole of depression when they're trying to like breathe and flow or like hip-hop yoga Mm -hmm. (laughs) i've tried to take a couple classes and i'm like i can't love myself when the lyrics are so degrading to women yeah Yeah. a little (laughs) bit where i'm like yeah, it's a tricky dynamic, and I've gotten spoiled now with him. Well, yeah. So that when I now when I teach, if he's not DJing it, or if I don't have easy access to a DJ set that we've used for a class that he's recorded and uploaded, mm-hmm. then I just don't do music. Really? Yeah, just because to me, it, I see so many flaws in when I randomly pick some Spotify playlist mm-hmm. or oh, yeah. the time that it would take for me to put it all together in a way that's even a fraction of the way he does it, that I'm like, meh, I'd rather just not have music and have the breath be the soundtrack. Yeah, and- I'm always curious from, from your standpoint, Jordan, with creating the music for... Like, I know festival classes are going to be very different. and um, But when you're, like, what is your process? Like, I'm just curious on finding music. Or do you already have, like, an idea? Because you have an idea of the audience you're going to be around? Or how does that all take yeah, place? Yeah, a, a lot of it kind of depends on the music that I have. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, it's hard because I, I think there are some DJs that just have enough music. And they're okay with just kind of replaying a bunch of tracks that they mm-hmm. have. Uh in today's world, there's such an inundation of music that I have a hard time playing 
a song in more than one or two sets, maybe three over the course of its life. And I really only let a song play a few times. And so I'm always trying to find new music. And so it's mostly like, all right, well, what do I have in my downloads folder from the last three or four months? Mm -hmm. And then trying to kind of piece together things that I think could fit. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it really depends on the event, what kind of energy you're looking for. Um, And I think that's part of just being a DJ right now is before when I would get booked for a set, it'd be like, all right, I'm opening for this artist at this nightclub. I know what style that artist plays. So I want to go like a little bit chiller than that, like while still being myself. And I would, Mm -hmm. you know, only download music if it fit that set. And now I just download tons and tons of music all the time. And it's kind of overwhelming, but it's like if I'm going to do a yoga set and then a late night techno set and then like a house set and then like a tech house set, you have like all these different genres. And so I just download anything that sounds good and then I just uh, analyze it Mm -hmm. into a program and then I write notes on it. And I like, it's what's cool about some of that stuff now is like there's like a, a rating system that it's like oh you can rate it a one through five but instead of rating that as um this song's good and this song's not good i use that as like an energy guide so Mm. it's like a one star is like a super slow chill song and a five star is a high energy okay so you can kind of like quickly check and see all right what type of class am i leading how can i build a set from that and then knowing like there's more um instead of being like genre driven like tech house which is where like you know if i'm playing at a nightclub and there's a tech house dj playing i want to play some sort of tech house or something on a a similar realm but if i'm playing a yoga set a lot of it's just like what stuff is cool that is mostly um instrumental Mm -hmm. meaning no words Mm -hmm. uh and then kind of being all over different bpms where it's like if you're playing a a house or a tech house set at a club you're like all right i'm gonna be within 122 to 126 beats yeah. per minute and then if you just open that up you can just download whatever sounds cool yeah and then um just attempt to kind of mix through a few of them differently and it kind of opens you up for an ability to change the energy of the room yeah at the flip of a switch because it's in in a yoga class it, it's and, and this is all like higher level me trying to get better as a DJ. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's more complicated is because I've started doing cycle classes. Oh, oh yeah, which is completely different. And in a cycle class, you want uh, like 100 BPM. It's like, a, you know, you're riding, you're getting ready. And then all of a sudden it drops down to like a 50 BPM. And it's like super heavy, dark. You're running a hill mm-hmm. or you're riding a hill. And, and then, then you jump it back up. And then it's 128 high energy electro house and everyone's trying to go crazy. And so... That's been a really interesting learning experience on how to blend all of that together. Yeah, and so I'm I'm working that into the yoga sets now, where instead of me having more of kind of a pre-planned idea, which mm-hmm. is still relevant, like you said, you know, you have in your back pocket, you're like, All right, this is kind of what I have set up. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I'm going to do an intro, and then it's going to build up an energy until you get to the peak pose, and yep. it's going to chill back down. Yeah. You have this basic, like you said, graph. Yes, exactly. Like, like uh, this daybreakers. is my chart. Yeah, and so um, doing that, but then also leaving enough open where you're like, all right, I could play a couple different songs here because energetically, if she is teaching something and my next song was going to be higher energy, but she's not to it yet. Mm -hmm. How do I add in one more track that can like extend that out a little bit? Well, that's where Mm -hmm. our art has become a really 
fun thing to watch because he I don't plan classes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, where is she going? Where is yeah, she going? Yeah, so he's pretty in tune with the way that I teach. And we'll chat maybe a little bit about what my intention is for the class and what where I think I might go with mm -hmm. it. But in general, like he can read the vibes of what I'm putting out there pretty well. Okay, yeah. And vice versa. Vice versa. Yeah, so that's saying, what I was going to say. That's yeah. what I got to observe, I think, from Dirty Bird was you picking up on like a the people that were just randomly showing up yeah and what they wanted feeling the vibe of the group and then you playing off of that and then you two interacting with each other at the mm -hmm. same time it's like meta stuff happening <laughs> and then micro all at the same time yeah yeah so like hearing the way a song is progressing and then choosing my sequencing accordingly so mm -hmm. like i can feel a big build starting here yeah and so maybe we stay in utkatasana a little longer and we talk about that intensity and maybe if i somehow get it right when that drop happens mm -hmm. we'll transition into something else or and, and that definitely is tricky because he doesn't replay songs very much yeah, which <laughs> I, so that's a little challenging for me because I'm getting all this because he's heard the songs before, but I haven't necessarily heard yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. So I do appreciate when he's like, babe, I'm going to look for music. I appreciate when he can do it not on his headphones and I can hear <laughs> yeah. it too. And then I kind of have an idea of the types of songs that he's thinking about doing. Um, but if, if he doesn't, it's not a big deal. It just means that I might not get them like as succinct. I always wonder about that because so bar three is a super beat driven workout um we pre-plan our playlist and i always try to nail the phrasing and like you know have the pacing of the music match you know if you're doing large range small range what have you changing something so that it does hit that that beat drop and you know the energy mm -hmm. of the class similar to a cycle class um and i feel like i always go back whoa <laughs> i'm talking with my hands too much um oh no i feel like i go back and forth all the time with what is that magic number of like replaying a good song? Not necessarily in one class, but like I have super stalkers that take my class. Yeah. Every time I teach. Right. So I'm like, you are seriously taking my class five days in a row. Like, A, it keeps me on my toes because I got to switch it up. But if there's a song that I'm like really feeling that week, mm -hmm. what if I want to play it three times? Let like, it fly. I would. You gotta, you know? I would. Yeah, like, because this is the, the thing. The amount of work you're the putting into it already. The people who are, who who are choosing to, to take the same person's class five days in a row, mm -hmm. they're the same type of people who like the familiarity That's of true. the song. Yeah. They're going to yeah. be like, oh, yeah, I know that song. Like, I know oh, I know the one. words. Yeah. yeah, I would say that that would service them really well. But yeah. I always find that interesting. Like, is it a cultural thing that we feel like we can't use something more than once like is it because it's we've got this crazy 24-hour news cycle now and like <laughs> generational once, you hear it once like yeah or it's is generational because generation i don't feel that way at all and and i don't I'm, either i i definitely am drawn to the classics or yeah. like my kids and i all like when we hear certain songs it's like you're belting you know belting it out yeah. and singing well, every word nostalgia and, or yeah. brings back a feeling it or definitely so i read some something repetition. interesting that said like uh you know that Gnarls barkley crazy track mm -hmm. yeah so apparently it was at the top of the charts for nine weeks and then they literally took it off the charts like the people who made the song said done we're yeah. like nope we're taking it off because we don't want people to get tired of the song really and so i feel like that just has a tendency i guess in this generation especially with radio hits like yeah you hear true. a song so many times and then you get this guttural reaction of like god i yeah. hate this track like so to this day like it makes zero sense i despise coldplay he hates coldplay absolutely hate coldplay 
I remember being in Whistler and the song Yellow played every five minutes and I like couldn't get away from it because like in Whistler they just blast music yep, out of the speaker. In the village. Everywhere. Yeah. And so I'm constantly hearing this song and it's on the radio in the car and I'm just like, God, I hate it. And so people, I guess myself included, obviously, get in this like feeling of like, I can't stand that song. Well, and then to and compound so, it, once we were in a yoga class where the sequencing was terrible and we were both like just oh no. trying so hard just not to leave. And then they kept playing Coldplay songs. <laughs> I was fucking dying. I was looking universe. at him like literally, it's like, you're just like a death sentence to Jordan. <laughs> but so that idea is like, I get a little caught up in my own head about like, well, what if someone hates this track? They can deal with it once or twice. Yeah. But if they start hearing it, if they come to my class five days out out of the week and I play it in every single class Mm -hmm. and then every class are like, God, I hate this. Like that song again. (laughs) Okay. But I don't think, but I don't think that's normally the case. I don't know. And, And that's where with classes like that you can really mix it up because mm-hmm. you can play classics to electronic music to anything and everything in between yeah and so i wouldn't worry too much about it in a bar class yeah like with cycle classes like it's the same kind of thing and there's also something interesting about adding in the group dynamic of yes it. because if you're in this group dynamic and you're working hard and you're seeing that everyone else is gigging to this track that was a blue sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> and so if everyone else is just super struggling or like getting to it, yeah, and exactly. you're that struggling, helps. but then you're like, oh, yeah, I guess this song isn't that bad. Yeah, everyone's into it. Yeah. So I mean, music can be a really complex thing. And if you teach and if you bring in your own sequences in class, like you understand it. And oh, yeah. That's what's funny now is um, like it's true in yoga. You got to create your own playlists. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never taken a bar class, so I personally can't explain it. But knowing like cycle classes, it basically says when you walk into cycle bar or um, is it cycle bar? Yeah. That's yeah. What it's called. Sorry. I was trying to think of the other one, too. Uh, if you walk in, it, there's like posters that basically say like it's a DJ, an instructor and a motivational coach, like all in one or whatever. And you're like, oh. And it's like, that's kind of your job now. You're not just a yoga teacher. You're not just a bar teacher. Like you, well, Yeah, it's never that, right? Like, it's so much more. <laughs> yeah. It's like they joke that everyone's a DJ these days. It's like, yeah, it's true. But most people don't necessarily know how to sequence a class. They're mm-hmm. just kind of throwing some stuff together. Um, and usually it works enough for the average person. <laughs> Are you referring to when they sequence a class or when they sequence the music for when a class? When they sequence the music for a class. Because I would say that both of those statements are quite true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you forget that, at least I'm sure you guys think about this, when you're teaching yoga, it's like it's it's not just the class, right? Like, yes, it is the music. It's the intention. It's the wording. It's, it's the, your energy. It's the mat placement. I mean, it's mm-hmm. everything, right? Like every little thing makes such a big difference in the overall experience. Yeah. It's how you interact with people. And I always find that like really cool, but also super stressful at the same time because you're like, oh my gosh, I ha- I'm all these things at one time. Yeah, and that's where she was kind of saying it's it's tough because you know we found some good playlists on Spotify where like you know this place is great, and then you listen to it, but then you notice that that playlist is totally dictating your mood. Mm-hmm. That's where you talked about the vice versa. Mm-hmm. My music affects her. Yeah, it's because subconsciously she's listening to this music and is like oh i feel very energized by this track so i'm gonna exude that and it just like comes without her even thinking about it Mm -hmm. but if i'm gonna play some dark super introspective heavy weirdness yeah that's gonna go there yeah Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. You know, I would say don't worry about putting that much thought into it for your weekly classes because <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's a whole like you just don't get paid good enough for I that. Just get burned out. But well, the amount of time to create all that, yeah. I just I think like you have to know your worth at the same time mm-hmm. financially. So I would say for events for sure, like put in a lot of effort and and you can even do that for some of your class playlists like maybe you have some certain times where you're really like it's a special class to Mm -hmm. you in some way and you want to put in the effort but in general I don't know I like when we do events for example he could repeat songs because a lot of those people either we've never had before or we haven't had them in months and it was a different venue and different experience and so he could repeat some of those songs and people won't know the difference but the difference for him as an artist and as a creative is that he's already done it yeah so he wants to experience and 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 create something different (laughs) and he records them so a lot of times he records them and uploads them on our soundcloud i listen to them yeah so we want them (laughs) to have a little bit (laughs) of variety yeah and use those yeah exactly like use those in your classes if you want what's funny is to throw this back on antonella she'll write a sequence Mm -hmm. and then not want to teach it because she's already done it. I already did it. She's already done it in her head. She's already written out the sequence and she's like, (laughs) "Eh, like, I'm bored of that. Done. (laughs) Well, not even that I'm bored of it. I can just always make it better. So once Mm. I've written something, I already feel like I've experienced it and that there's something I could do better. And so one thing that I have done before is I'll teach a class, not prepared, obviously. I just walk in and teach a class. I mean, you're prepared, but not like in terms of like, because you're always prepared. Yeah. But I don't. If that makes sense. I don't ever like. I don't, don't go write stuff. Yeah, out. nothing's write written out. Yeah. I'll teach a class, but let's say it went exceptionally well and I really liked it. I might go then in the car after and jot down in my phone what I did. Mm-hmm. Like I might backtrack in my mind and be like, okay, it, it might not be the whole thing, but if there were certain chunks that worked really well mm-hmm. or parts of sequences, I might jot that down. Um, but yeah, I would never repeat. Personally, I would never repeat a class. Yeah, yeah. Ever. I mean, you have your go-to like mm-hmm. sections and transitions. I'm sure. Yeah. Like we all have that kind of like oh my post-it notes in this, my brain. The exactly yeah. like these two transition really well together. Mm-hmm. Or this is where I'm going. But yeah, yeah. Because again, it's all that experience, right? Like you want everyone to have a unique experience, and if you're teaching, you want to make each class seem like a completely different experience at least i do well and this is our creative outlet like i teach yoga because that is the when i tap into my creative self and i don't want to just churn out the same picture over and over Mm -hmm. like to me that's not creative or it doesn't feel like a creative outlet to me it just feels like i'm parroting or or photocopying something that has already happened and so for teaching yoga to me is a and I guess that's a difference which we talk about a lot between being an instructor and a teacher so I don't consider myself an instructor I consider myself a teacher because I I feel like an instructor kind of has like this is your set plan this is the choreography or whatever for for this class and then you go in and you teach it regardless of who shows up Mm -hmm. like you literally just could be a youtube class that you just hit play and a one hour go. monologue yeah like yeah now i'm starting yeah and then i finish yeah so as a teacher i don't personally think that i can create something ahead of time because i have no idea who's going to show up mm-hmm. i really don't and i don't know what energy they're going to be in that day and i don't 
I really can't plan ahead on that. I can prepare myself to be ready for a lot of different things. Um, And same thing when we're teaching an event or like daybreakers, like I have a general idea of where we want to go with teaching the class, but we probably won't really plan it much until Mm -hmm. right before. And it'll be kind of a pretty fleet free flowing. It'll be like, all right, do you want to teach the intro and warm up? Okay, cool. I'll take the you know, the next chunk of standing stuff. And then, okay, Mm -hmm. do you want to teach like a peak pose and get into like kind of that high five moment where they like accomplish something? Okay, yeah, you do that. And then, all right, I'll teach the cool down. And then, you know, how to, so we we do more preparation when we're Mm co-teaching so that we're not talking over each other a lot or there isn't like this confusion of like, wait, I thought you were going to do this part of that. Yeah, who's on first, who's on second. Yeah, (laughs) so so we get kind of a general... But we're also professional enough in our relationship with each other and the way that we work together that we can wing that if needed. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to it, if something, uh, if it seems like it's better for me to continue past where we had talked about, that might happen. Or at the very end, when people are in Shavasana, we might be kind of whispering to each other, like, you know, actually, I kind of want to do, I kind of want to pull them out and do like the final words because I have something that maybe popped in my head that I want to share and so I feel like we're we're structured, but also malleable when yeah. it comes to co-teaching. Which is, I feel like, so, so important. Mm-hmm. And that made me, I have two questions for you guys, actually. It made me think of something. One, has that always been, like, has yoga always been your creative outlet, Antonella? And has music always been yours? And two, did you ever picture having a dynamic like this? Like, if you were to take yourself back 10 years and, and look ahead, like, was this something that mm. was... You answer first, because I'm curious even. what you're answering. Oh, yeah. Uh, first, was it always my creative outlet? No. Really? Not really. Um, I didn't really, like, get into music until I was 20. Um, I mean, I guess I'd always, like, loved music, but mm-hmm. I wasn't one of those kids that was, you know, crazy into it or anything. My outlet was always sports. Really? Yeah. Sports was my way. Sports ball. Sports ball, all the things, all the different ball sizes. Um, All the different balls. But but one thing that was a common thread throughout all those sports was team. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that with Dirty Bird. Yeah, definitely. Team leader. (laughs) Definitely very much uh, attempting to play well with others and be Mm -hmm. somewhat of a leader to, you know, get people together to make something happen. Um, For sure. And then music was always you know, a cool part of it. But that's kind of the the music obsession kind of came from that um, because I would say the community thing where mm. it was like suddenly I met a group of people that all did the same thing, who mm-hmm. enjoyed the same thing. And every weekend when they were done working or doing school, they would go out to this thing and you could meet them all there and talk about everything and um, enjoy the same thing, yeah. which was music. And then I was like, well, as a leader, I kind of want to create that. How do I create that environment? But even then, my leadership style isn't I'm going to lead and you're going to follow. You're not a dictator. It's like I want other people to be a part of this with me and I want there to be several leaders. Mm -hmm. And together with several leaders, we can all make something happen. And so 
that's where, like, when I started DJing, me and my best friend, was like, let's DJ together. Let's do this thing together so that we can have fun with it. And when we would have other friends who knew how to DJ, I'd be like, yeah, come up and DJ with us. It wasn't like, uh, all right, I'll DJ and then you'll DJ and then yeah. you'll DJ. It was like, no, the three of us will just come up here and we'll all that team have aspect. input at one time. Back yeah. To back, yeah. So it's always kind of the team aspect. And yeah, um, even five years ago, I never even thought I'd be doing yoga. Really? Yeah. Yoga came to me because I was, had health issues and a doctor suggested it. And then I was like, mm, nah. And then a friend uh, took me to a hot yoga class with me and my girlfriend at the time. And we tried it and we were like, uh, okay, I guess that was kind of fun. Really? And then my girlfriend at the time was like, no, that was really good. Like, I want to do more of it and dragged me to more yoga. And then suddenly I got really into it. <laughs> wow. See, I didn't even know that aspect. Yeah. And so then went and took classes from Antonella for a while and then we kind of teamed up yeah yeah well I was gonna say like I could tell early on that even though he came through the physical gateway Mm -hmm. of like I'm here for my physical body I could tell very early on that he had this like um soulful philosophical side to him that was a, um, a lot more into the yoga path than the physical, even though he didn't know that that was even part of it yet. Yeah. I also have like a lot of anxiety. So for mm-hmm. me to go stand up in front of 20 people and teach them how to do something doesn't come naturally. It still mm-hmm. doesn't. Huh. Like I still get crazy butterflies before I DJ, before I teach, before Aww. anything. <laughs> it's just like it's nerve wracking for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I never thought I would do this sort of thing. Um, and it's mostly because of her. She Aww. was like, you would be a good teacher. I didn't want to teach yoga. I thought it was just a fun thing to go do. And it was like a, a cool group dynamic where I could take from someone, but also have creativity to kind yeah. of do what I wanted to do and to work on my own things. Mm-hmm. I call him the rave shaman because he will see it doesn't even have to be people within our crew, but just like see somebody at a rave or at a show at a festival and be like, I'll be right back. And he'll go and he'll like have a moment with that person of like cool. eye contact and tell them something. I never know what it is, but it's usually pretty life changing for them. And um, Austin experienced it <laughs> recently at APOG. Um, I don't know if you know him, but he's a local DJ and he was getting ready to get up and play this set and Jordan just felt compelled to go and like give him kind of a little pep talk speech. And I think that's part of this like sports team part of him. And then this teacher part of him that it all sort of fuses together and, and just like gives them. And Austin still talks about it. Like that moment was like, he spoke to my soul and he made me have the best set ever. And so I think he just has a very innate teacher in him Mm -hmm. and also a coach and also like all of these things that he grew up in. But that's, what's been interesting about our dynamic because that part of your question was, did you foresee this being a partnership? And I think he probably always saw it that way yeah. because he just doesn't ever really go into anything of wanting to do it all by himself. Like usually he wants to have a partner in crime and whatever he's doing or he wants to feel connected. Or for me, I never saw myself that way. I always mm-hmm. have been a very solitary person, uh, not really by choice, more from abandonment issues from mm-hmm. childhood <laughs> through marriages all the way up until this kind of shift with him where I went, oh, like I do have someone that can take part of this load and can contribute things that I'm not good at and that um, can 
reach a demographic that doesn't maybe relate to me. And so uh, I learned through him that I can be a great part of a team, but I didn't grow up doing team sports. I was never thought of myself as good at group projects. I always Hmm. just wanted to do my own thing. And it, and that has really changed through him. I've become a lot more of a team player and somebody who, who really values having a partner. um, Cause I, didn't feel that way till was it about hard to accept five years his, ago <laughs> not help but was it hard to accept like someone else wanting to lift you up in that aspect yeah <laughs> I think she was always itching <laughs> for it I, I wanted think she it always was like hoping for it but because she spent so long learning to do it on her own yeah like get out of my way that there are definitely times where I offer help and it's like no yeah mm-hmm. I've been let down a lot in like in a lot of ways and so I, I've just always been very self-sufficient and mm-hmm. kind of stubborn in the fact that like, no, I got this, I got this. And that's mostly because I, the other person doesn't have it. Like yeah. I end up having to pull more weight at the end of the day. And so trusting that he's got my back on stuff and that we are a good team has been a bit of a, a process. And, and I thought I had it figured out. <laughs> I thought I like really trusted it and that we were good. And then when everything happened with my surgeries going bad yeah. and I that's when it was like this big wake up call to me like no you're just still holding back a little bit because it was like absolutely like mortifying to me that I couldn't take care of myself and that he had to take care of me and that was like <laughs> surrender really right hard. the doctor repeated so many times like you're gonna have to vacuum and you're gonna have to get everything out from the cupboard because she can't raise her arms up to do all this and she was always kind of like yeah yeah whatever like yeah. i'll do it and then she would go to do it and it'd be painful or whatnot and yeah be like, the fuck are you doing <laughs> let like, me stop. do that yeah. yeah it was so hard for her to let go of that yeah so that was a big That was a big shift for me. But like growing up, um, I loved music, still love music, Mm -hmm. all kinds of music, every every kind of music you can think of. I loved dancing. I loved and I would just like put together like like performances on my lawn with like outfits and it would all be like choreographed song. It would be like it would be like lip syncing plus dancing. It was fantastic. I was like one of the fly girls pretty sure um so that was like a big creative thing for me when I was like elementary school and then um when I was in like early high school I took an art class I fell in love with drawing and painting mostly drawing I really loved like just pencil work and when I would be in a class with a boring ass lecturing teacher, I would make pictures for each of my friends, like just on normal school paper, but Mm -hmm. I would like write their name in a big bubble letter. And then inside of each letter, I would put like all these cool kind of psychedelic looking pictures that really related to who they were as a person or an experience that we had together. And so I would always get friends that would be like, ah, when are you going to make me one? I want one. Because they were really cool like from far away it looked like just their name and then up close you'd see all these little like little things that that were kind of mm, inside stuff between us and those were really fun and I loved doing them and then when I got married and had kids I kind of lost a lot of my own personal creativity I stopped doing things that were creative because I was in mom mode and Mm -hmm. I was married to someone with a lot of addiction issues and so I was definitely like a feeling like I had to do everything and be in charge and be the responsible one at 
23 (laughs) 23 to 30 was like those years were pretty stifled when it came to creativity so the only time it really ever came out was um when I would do stuff for my kids you know Mm -hmm. I got really into the mom thing and throwing really cool birthday parties and and um teaching them a lot and being creative you know we, we always had like uh, our pantry, like half of our pantry was art supplies cool. at all, of all times. So they could always go in and like draw or paint or do Play-Doh or whatever. So uh, I feel like I've always been a really creative person. Mm-hmm. And then when I found yoga, that's when I felt like I had this composer side to me that I didn't realize mm. that um, – because I I just kind of thought it was normal. And then when I <laughs> started to encounter other people going through trainings and I'd be like yeah just do it like this and they're looking at me like what are you talking about like my brain doesn't work like that and then he'll kind of reiterate all the time like no like other people can't sequence like that that doesn't doesn't work that way and so um yeah I'm trying to understand how that works Mm -hmm. in my head and why and and figure out if there is a greater good that that could be useful with or if it's just this weird tick that I have I don't know I think it's definitely a greater good, clearly. <laughs> but like what what purpose does it serve? Because like no one else knows. Like that people don't know or care about the fact that I can sequence a really intricate detailed like with zero planning and yeah, remember like, it all. In the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. So I don't That's know. Cool, I think though. of it like a tick. <laughs> but it is, I like it is weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, What? Yeah. Yeah, That's but it's really though. fun. Like, I enjoy it. I, I like watching it all come together mm-hmm. in the moment. It feels like a very out-of-body experience when I'm mm-hmm. teaching. Yeah, do you ever have that moment of, like, I have no idea what just happened. I think I kind of blacked out. Totally. And then you're But you're like, but it was awesome. The way I know is because after, like, I remember the first one of the time Bailey was in a class, she's like, Mom, like, do you realize like, you dropped an F-bomb or a B-word? And I'd be like, what? No, I did not. And she'd be like, yeah, when you were doing it. I was like, oh, whoops. Because like sometimes it's just flow, coming right? out of your mouth. Ma- yeah, you're, you're just like in a in flow state. Totally in a flow state. That's yeah. really cool, though. Do you prepare? Well, I guess with bar, no. you probably have to prep a bit. No, I don't prep no. any. Oh. I've is never it, been to a bar It's class. the same. Well, you should come. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's very similar to like a yoga. You know, there's a template of like your, your warm-up, your sequence blocks, your cool down, your, okay. your final. So we get a lot of leeway in there cool. and then try to match it up with the music so that the energy that i'm producing matches the energy of the music which is the energy i'm asking back for people to give to themselves and, and the class because it's also you know that group dynamic it's like if you've got that one person in the back that's just doing their own thing like they are totally affecting everyone else yeah. in the mm-hmm. class so that same idea of like i don't really plan it i try to feel the vibe of the room see who's there are my regulars there how many new people do i have like mm-hmm. how crazy can i get with my sequencing yeah. or or what's my theme like like what if i really just want to rock the shit out of their inner thighs like that's gonna be the whole class or yeah now you do know. you just use spotify yeah i use spotify yeah but like down the rabbit hole every day of like picking my library of songs of like mm-hmm. oh this is the or like this is the vibe like this week with halloween like yeah it's a dark creepy vibe um you can totally use some of the stuff he's uploaded oh i should i shazam all your shit or yeah, I look on your, you but always, I like you always write out the songs i'm like oh, yeah. that's a great song and i'll like pick and choose yeah and take stuff. Good. Like i took some stuff from dirty bird yeah do you want to teach at 
places like Dirty Bird? Do you want to teach at a festival at one point? Like, I like teaching yoga, but it's not the same for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I like more of the really heavy beat-driven stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, if they had more of a, like, a body weight conditioning class mm-hmm. that could be set to, like, I use Dirty Bird music all the time. Like, mm-hmm. that is more my vibe. Like, I love the yoga aspect for Maybe myself. I don't know what bar is. I Because I'm not picturing this right. Isn't not, is bar not, like, ballet moves? You can use a bar. I mean, it's, it's like a dancer's workout. So there's dancer-esque things, oh. but it's a lot of just body weight, repetitive movement, small range, large range. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You should come try it. I was totally picturing ballet vibes. I mean, there's a ballet <laughs> bar in the room. You use it okay. for like push-ups and a balance on, but it's not. But it's not more of like, a high energy workout. At least ours is. Yeah. Oh, I mean, wow. there's other modalities that are a little more like military definitely more dance classy like stay in one spot but ours we get a lot of freedom to like play around would you do it sure okay <laughs> let's go do it Ooh, it's go happening. play around with it she's in kirkland that. that's not that far yeah but yeah going back to your point like i kind of feel you on the same route and i think we're both kind of getting to that point a lot of yoga being an amazing modality mm-hmm. and it's i think extremely important because it is so much bigger than the movement. Yeah, so exactly. No matter, and, and, and adding in pieces of other movements mm-hmm. to create a more effective workout for your body, but then still using yoga as this overarching idea of how to mm-hmm. be a person and live your life. Balance. And yeah. Yeah, I feel like that, I'm so grateful that my training, I feel like, just made me a better human. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I could go teach a yoga class, but I feel like I like the sneaky yoga through the back door mm-hmm. and the stuff that I do, whether it's interactions with people or my bar class, you know, mm-hmm. like I try to tie in that just different themes that you pick up from yoga about like not worrying about what other people think about you. And like, this is your journey and mm-hmm. trusting your body. Like so many people out there are so numb and they're just there to like check off their to-do list that they worked out but mm-hmm. it's like how can you actually get to those people and give them a little bit of self-worth so that the rest of their day is is a little brighter and a little happier and um i feel like that's where the yoga kicks in mm-hmm. or just even driving down the street like not being a dick and like not tailgating and yeah. like letting people w- go through the crosswalk or i don't know i feel like yoga as a broader sense is like more my thing, not mm-hmm. like a specific yoga class like yeah. that. Sometimes I also just feel like too much pressure where mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. Like my style is way more playful and like random and mm-hmm. I, that's not necessarily what people want to get. So, Well, yeah. I remember really early on, I don't know if you even remember this, back at Balance. Oh, Balance Days. Balance Days. I took a, either I took a class from you or maybe when I was interviewing you. I don't remember. Did I hire you or were you already on when I, I was, came or I was doing front desk. Oh, right. Yeah. That's right. I was I was rocking that check-in like nobody's business. You had blonde hair. Yep. Okay. Trying to picture this. And so <laughs> I think we were either just chatting or maybe I had just taken your class. But I remember asking who you consider your teachers. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying, I don't, pres- I don't have any teachers. I don't prescribe to dogma. And I was like, yeah. oh, interesting. Because yeah. like I was still in a place where like I was brought up in like you honor your teachers, mm-hmm. your lineage. Your like style. It's yeah. very strict. And I've definitely broken away from that. Um, not so much that I 
don't have teachers. I have, but now my teachers are very broad, and there's yeah. a lot of them, and, and they're you're from not like different schools of thought, and they're mm-hmm. not all yoga teachers. Mm-hmm. They're just, I, I take teaching influence from a lot of different people in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I recall that. Yeah, and so I think that makes sense for where you've ended up. It's yeah. like if you if you aren't like really stuck to like one particular lineage of yoga and like really passionate about it it does make sense that eventually it evolves to being less about the physical yeah practice and the perfect alignments and more about like yeah I, I took these tools from it to better my life and the philosophies like you're a yogi mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily teach or practice that much yoga yeah exactly yeah or yeah, I feel great. like as I evolve like as a an adult like it just shows up in different forms mm-hmm. Like, my relationships with people, my relationship with myself, like, five years ago, I didn't have a daily journaling and meditation and, like, tarot card practice, and now I do, and I'm like, what? Like, this is not... I didn't know you were into tarot. Oh, yeah. It's the, the amount of things that her and Bailey have in common is oh, mind-boggling. Yeah. yeah, we need to hang out. So, like you got you and my daughter have the same birthday, mm-hmm. so then obviously the same astrological sign, mm-hmm. but also the same middle name. Yeah. And you're both awesome. Yes. But she also is obsessed with tarot. I love it. She has some really cool decks. I should have her bring over the one I got her for Christmas. It's so cool. Yeah, but it's just, it's, it's a tool, right? Like, it's, it gives you a way to, look, like, it gives you a lens. That's how mm-hmm. I always think of it. Like, it gives you a lens to look at things from a fresh perspective because it's so easy to get caught in your little tunnel. And I feel like even every deck is completely different. Like, I have the angel card deck that, Mm-hmm. Is very different than this really creepy deck that I have right oh, now. That is like, cards. oh yeah, like just an interesting view, and I, and I find that it helps me look at how I approach things differently, or making routine feel different. Because with you know with a set schedule, like some of that does like, oh, okay, and then I'm gonna go do this, and then I'm gonna do this, and I have to go do this. But with this new perspective, it's like, ooh, how can I play around with this in a, in a different way? The first time I, I had somebody read my tarot cards, it was my, it told me to go to take a yoga teacher training. Really? Yep. It's a long story. But anyway, yeah, that's what the person, the person was like, you need to go through a training. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. And they're like, yeah, do you do yoga or something? And I was like, yeah, but I'm not going to, I don't want to be a teacher. And they're like, no, no, you you're going to you're going to go through a yoga teacher training and i was like sure and then like uh, 3 weeks later really that fast oh yeah <laughs> very uh. quickly yeah so like and we've we're both kind of skeptics the aquarius minds we're oh, really? just kind of like meh but it's it changed a lot i'm not nearly as skeptical as i used to be so i don't think of you two as skeptical at all like i think of that's, you as these that's like new. So, that's a new oh, thing like mystical <laughs> higher power like well, so, yeah, I mean, there's a difference between, I guess, to go back to your astrological sign, like as Aquarius is, we're not naturally that way, but we're open and evolved enough and have experienced enough in this world thus far to um, feel that there's some truth within it. Yeah. And also, just like you said, the difference between saying, no, that's real. And instead, that's a lens mm-hmm. that I can add, which can change my environment and change my perspective. Yeah. And so I think that's super important for us. And once you've kind of categorized that, then it kind of helps us put it into its place. Um, but I wanted to bring that up a little bit further in talking about yoga. We were talking about um being very set in your like, all right, well, I am this style of yoga mm-hmm. or 
I don't do that. I do CrossFit or I mm-hmm. do Pilates or like, you know, you find your modality and you're kind of stuck to it. And I think those now that a lot of those are really established, mm-hmm. people are bored of them. Yep. And so people want new things. And so then they're blending the two of them together. Yep. And then now you're like, all right, well, I blended those together. But then I learned this little piece from this toolbox of taking uh, a kettlebell workout. And so now I'm going to add that into this. And so mm-hmm. now it's kind of like our societies and our world where we got very structured. All right, I'm this country and I have this border and you can't cross it. And then I'm this country. And then now we have the internet and it's this global economy where we're all doing stuff and we still have our borders, but there's in between you can be a dual citizen and you can Mm -hmm. travel and you can get a visa. And, um, the same thing is super that way with music. Like, all right, we have pop music and then you've got country music and then you've got electronic dance music. And then inside of electronic dance music, now we have house, but then there's 30 subgenres of house. Yeah. And there's tech house and there's techno and there's each one of these has their own subgenre. But then they've gotten so genreized oh my that gosh, now it's all blending back together. So people are taking pieces of it and it's like, well, what is the category of this song? I don't fucking know. It's like mm-hmm. seven different genres exactly. blended into one because there is no kind of rules to it. Um, and I think that's where we're getting with the yoga thing of like, I think as a society, you to trying to tie this all back into like daybreakers. You were mm-hmm. like, well, we mostly just do yoga because people understand yoga and mm-hmm. Seattle has a big yoga scene. And so therefore people know what they're going to get when you say yoga. Um, And I think that's definitely true, but I think that's going to start evolving in the near future Mm -hmm. where people are going to be more open to different ideas of what movement is and instead use the overarching idea of yoga. Um, But yeah, kind of not being so tied to something that, I don't know, the dogma pops back in. Yeah. Well, I feel like fitness in general, I mean like anything else right there's it evolves we get stuck in one way constantly changing yeah it's like okay so now what's next with fitness Mm -hmm. because yoga now is i think people consider it part of fitness it's not just off in its own corner hanging out meditating like it's 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 part of the group it's part of the team so yeah how do they tie in and and now like everyone knows what a bar class is mostly or they've heard of it everyone Mm -hmm. knows hit cycling is really big again so it's like now what yeah. It is that fusion, like true fusion of like everything coming together and mm-hmm. helping each other out. And yeah, I feel like music is going back to the same thing too. Yeah. I mean, you go take a psycho class and they have an arms workout yeah. where you pick up a bar and, and you start like, lifting what? it up. Yeah. yeah. And like we had a summer Huntington on um, our last week's episode mm-hmm. um, and she like uses steel maces. Yeah. Now. Those things. I was <laughs> stalking yeah. her. I was like, what? I'm so excited to go try it. If you ever want to take a little day trip up to Bellingham, we want to go check it out. And which is hilarious because again, when we get back to like the lineages and the dogma, like five years ago, there's no way I would have even, I would have been like, that's not yoga. Really? Oh yeah. I wouldn't even have considered it because I was just kind of snobby and like traditional. Yeah. I wanted it to be very traditional, but which is hilarious because at the same time I was also a personal trainer. And Mm -hmm. so like I see value in lifting weights and doing things that are 
I would consider dynamic functional training. But to me, I wanted them to be very separate. I didn't want to combine them. Now I see the value in combining them. And I mean, part of it, she just sells it when she when she talks. You're like, oh, my God, you're fucking smart. And you're in this amazing shape. And she's like a super chill individual. So it's obviously like working on her in a lot of different levels Mm -hmm. neurologically. So we want to we want to make a little little trip over that way and check it out. My yoga training was like that. It was east versus west. It was yoga training but also nasm personal training at the same time what program was this the studio is no longer around but it was in fremont vera whole health okay it was a women's only boutique fitness studio so like yoga classes would have max i think it was eight people max and like personal training was so you got your nasm at the same time yeah that's a great idea but it would be this cool idea of a looking at sequencing from yoga standpoint and also a personal training session standpoint Mm -hmm. and then looking at the body from like, look at triangle pose from from a yoga standpoint, and then find, you know, a hamstring pyramid hamstring stretch from personal training. Like, mm-hmm. what are the energetics like? How are they similar? How are they different? Mm-hmm. Um, so to be able to put that on both ways, and I think that's probably influenced my mm-hmm. same teaching style. Is like it's not you can see it from both lenses, you can see it from both ways. And do you have any big goals with when, where, with where you're going with all the teaching type stuff? Put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> there are any mean, big goals, small goals, yeah, any yeah. little think, incremental goals? I think it's changed. Uh, like two years ago, I entered a partnership with someone and it, it did not work out. Like she brought me in to help her grow her business and it just... You know, I, I take a lot of responsibility that I wasn't upfront about what I wanted out of it and kind of just went along for the ride and was like, yeah, totally. Yes. Great. Let's do this together. And mm-hmm. I didn't speak up enough about what I wanted and kind of just went. Partnerships the, are all about tricky. communication. Exactly. Yeah. And so I've learned a lot from that. And I feel like I've gotten better about what I want and that was something that I thought I wanted. I thought I wanted my own studio. I thought I wanted my own following. Like I felt like that was it and then I once I was in it and it wasn't going like I planned I was like yeah no this is not what I want so I feel like I've taken the last year and a half to coming up on two years to like reassess and enjoy what I'm doing and not really think about that yet Mm -hmm. um but it keeps coming up so I think it's the universe being like hey yeah what is all this energy that you're accumulating like what direction do you want to point it towards Mm because I feel like I've got some really great momentum and like energy in a little more clear direction but do I know which way I necessarily want to bring it? It doesn't have to be like that's the thing like you can continue to enjoy teaching Mm -hmm. having the freestyle or freelancer aspect of being a teacher. I think that's great. And if your overall goal is to just continue to do that and maybe um, take on some more private people or teach at a variety of different studios or have a a long tenure within a studio, like Mm -hmm. those are great goals. They don't necessarily have to manifest into something bigger. Um, But the daybreakers you're like production creativity in the classes that you're teaching you're producing a class every Mm -hmm. day and you're being creative within it um you have this expressive side of you that i see like 
oh, like I need a cape. I need some yoga pants. I'm going <laughs> to sew them. I'm going to go pick out material and get a sewing machine. I'm going to make them because yeah. they're going to fit me better. So like you have that side. Every time I see you have different color hair or random <laughs> slight costume, even if it's not Halloween outfit yeah. going on. So you obviously have like all these different creative facets. What I'm curious about is if like all of this has some ultimate big goal um that that is maybe not even created yet maybe it's not even like a career or a name behind it but like do you think all of this is feeding into each other in different ways to end up um oh for sure I think that that's why I when that whole thing went down I was like okay find things that feed into each other and that feed like me as a person that feel authentic that Mm -hmm. feel um like I'm not actually working Mm -hmm. so like the ability to make costumes or Mm -hmm. curate these really fun experiences for Daybreaker doesn't necessarily feel like work because it just feels exactly who who I am same with teaching like just showing up and giving a piece of myself to everyone and helping them feel more connected to themselves and each other and me like that again doesn't feel like it uh is work Mm -hmm. so to be able it'd be really in an ideal situation yeah combining all those things and um cumulating some type of greater experience or some type of event or production I think that would definitely be in my future and um I'm like excited to go home and do some homework and like vision board and Mm -hmm. journal about it and yeah speaking of vision board you actually set us up with our True. vision board really? idea when we came over when we came to your house yeah. you and david had like a couple's vision board mm-hmm. in the kitchen and we loved it we were like that's such a great idea so we came home and did it oh cool yeah it's in our living room oh that makes me really happy it, the vision board thing has been really interesting because yeah. they're like like she was asking you like you know what's a big goal and like oh well i guess it doesn't have to be a big goal and we've done a combination of the two of mm-hmm. having big goals and small goals on yeah. there and it's it's always an interesting play out when some of them happen and some of them don't. Yeah. And some of them you have a stronger connection to and you're like, I really want that to happen. Yeah. Or it keeps showing up. Yeah. It's it's I don't know. It's it's been tough at times seeing certain things you're like, damn, I wish like that we, happened. We'll but put it didn't. some specific things up there and then like run it, a retreat in two thousand eighteen and we like and got like, the house Fuck. all set up, had everything figured out, and then just like too many things came together and just kind of fell apart and we were like all right that's not gonna happen well but instead you went to school in oregon for mushroom cultivation which was really cool so that's the thing like i i try not to get tied to goals Mm, and and i like to look at goals as overarching themes rather than specific milestones that need to be hit okay because uh doing little specific things as a couple like you know uh we want to go on a hot air balloon one day like yeah that's a great like couple goal to have Mm -hmm. but when it comes to us as career because obviously this is a very multifaceted relationship yeah (laughs) um, when it comes to the couple of us that is in the career together Mm -hmm. um, I think we've had to learn the hard way to not become attached to specific events we want to get hired for Mm. or things that we want to run because in the grand scheme of things as long as we go as long as we achieve whatever that individual thing encompasses, we're, we're hitting our goals. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally, yeah. Because there was a few heartbreakers that we like literally were, we got it and then something fell through and then it was like ripped out from under us and we were crushed. Mm. But like overall looking back, like 
we've uh, totally accomplished that and more just in different ways on that form yeah yeah david is huge on vision boarding like he that's something i picked up from him he's a really big believer in uh not just specific goals like the hot air balloon Mm -hmm. example but what what's the overarching like what's the idea there to connect and have share a new experience Mm -hmm. so like the vision board we have in our kitchen of like our main pillars of like community work personal lives and then uh big something bigger than ourselves and then upstairs we took over a whole wall outside our bedroom and turned it into a vision wall what we have to come yeah. back over you need to come back over this. yeah your um, house is super cool oh, that house is so weird i love it um with all the different categories so we do have like some specific stuff like I keep putting Burning Man up there for both of us, and yeah, it just doesn't happen. But (laughs) other experiences happen. So Uh it's it's that same idea, but also like the more general of like, I wanted to start a bigger savings account or, you know, things that tie into who I want to be as a person. Mm -hmm. um, It's been interesting, though, yeah, to see stuff happen like manifest it and then yeah that same thing where like i'm like i keep putting burning man up there and we're gonna fucking make it happen one of these years like Mm -hmm. it's just interesting yeah but like you said it's really about the overall thought like what is what is burning man embody and as long as you guys are hitting those burning man principles in the things that you are doing you're doing burning man like i don't know like i i want to go back obviously Mm -hmm. and and this year it just wasn't in the cards with the wedding and stuff. And, and I definitely went through a little bit of a mourning phase where I was like, no, I really... And you see everyone's pictures yeah, and they come really back and they're blissed out and you're like, damn it. But like but, we don't need to force things and things yes. are going to organically ebb and flow and change. And, and I think as um, creatives and then as couples, it's really important to not hold the like, really stringent expectations on each other or what this relationship is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And I know that... We kind of went into the David, the David situation with like, all right, who's this bro? Why is <laughs> why is he with this girl? Like, I definitely was like, I I kind of came into the David situ- situation assuming I wasn't gonna like him. Really? Totally. Just because I just am that stupid of a person sometimes. No, I just no, ha- no. no, it just happens. Like, there's just like you have your defaults, and that's one of my defaults is I will judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Especially if it comes in a bit of a bro y, buff form. Like, yeah. I just do because I've had many of experiences with that type of person oh, yeah. that have been very predictable. Same here. Yeah. I've and so, <laughs> experiencing Dirty Bird Camp out with you guys mm-hmm. and with him was so awesome he is amazing and we love him and we think he's hilarious and i i love seeing him like slowly peel back the little layers Mm -hmm. of the onion of him at a place that's like so ridiculous and unorganized and crazy and and so i'm curious like as a relationship um did you kind of seek out this like kind of diamond in the rough and like your awesomeness has slowly kind of helped shine him up to the sparkly person that will eventually wear a tutu or or (laughs) was he already or was he already kind of like that and you just kind of saw past his rough exterior yeah he um he's always like that in fact i when people i think get to know him more they see that he is in some ways way more spiritual than me and he is so grounded and um I think we both can relate to we both get judged really fast Mm -hmm. on like who people think we are like 
I get pegged as the weirdo. Totally fine. I love it. <laughs> and he gets pegged as the bro. Mm-hmm. Like, the buff, really pretty Kendall. And, um, like, we met... His sister set us up. Like, I was not... I actually wasn't seeking anyone at the time when I met him. I was like, this is going to be the year of me. And I'm not going to let any guy dictate my life. And just was kind of over... Um, feeling dependent on someone else. And then, of course, the universe was like, just kidding, here you go, meet this amazing man. Um, And almost like instantaneously on our first date, I was like, yep, awesome. I have nothing to worry about. This guy is absolutely amazing and fantastic. And and he's gotten a lot more vulnerable and he's gotten more okay with – gotten, wow, good words. He's become okay with like embracing that vulnerable, weird – artistic side because he grew up very like structured he's in finance he's from bellevue like there's just (laughs) he's a bellevue kid literally from bellevue literally from bellevue from medina um so with that there's a certain way of life and there's certain people you hang out with and there's things that he's just as accustomed to that is not my lifestyle and i think we complement each other really well like he uh, keeps me grounded and helps me set goals and he's very realistic and very businessy, but he also has this really fun, like playful side that I feel like I get to bring out in him and uh, he's the rock, I'm the kite and sometimes we get a switch and I try to like make him, you know, embrace that childhood play that he has in him. I know he has it. So two, two, I don't think we'll ever get there. Okay. But I mean, <laughs> I might convince him. We'll we can try. Happens. I mean, he wore a he wore a wig and a sparkly shirt and white pants for the disco Friday night. So that was pretty nice. That's pushing it pretty far. It's pretty edgy. Yeah, yeah. So what? Why did his sister bring you guys together? Did you know her obviously, mm-hmm. and then she, she was, just was like, "You guys would be great." Or we worked together at Bar Three, mm. and uh, I was friends with her for years. <laughs> what a blue. That's Blue's head. Blue's head. <laughs> um, and he would come in occasionally because his girlfriend at the time worked at our studio. And I was like, your brother is extremely attractive. Just throwing it out there. Like, wow. Okay. And we had a couple interactions here and there, but nothing like too crazy. And then when we both were single and she just reached out and was like, hey, can I give your brother my number or your number? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he, it was like two minutes later, he texted me and he was like, what are you doing tomorrow night? I was oh. like, whoa. Okay. And um, a man that knows what he wants. Oh, I mean, yeah. the assertiveness so, is pretty hot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's very like, he knows what he wants. He goes and gets it. And he, um, like maybe a month or two into us dating, he's like, I visioned you. Like I created a vision board, like a list of what I was looking for in a partner. Like I was done dating. I was over it. Like I wanted someone to experience life with. And I totally like created you of like this fun like loving caring uh crazy but spiritual like fun person and here you are i was like damn that's pretty cool that's very cool yeah do you foresee you guys do you you foresee you guys being partners in a business sense ever no 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 no. i don't (laughs) no (laughs) we're very different i mean he's in he's in business with his dad they're in finance together and um that is totally his thing like he's amazing at it and uh we have very different goals in terms of like business Mm -hmm. i mean i think we work together as a team really great on other things so i don't think we'd ever 
have a business together unless i were to do my own thing he could be like my finance part of it yeah exactly that was more what i was thinking oh yeah Yeah. i mean he could help me with that because i'm like a tornado with everything else but yeah and you don't need to be good at all the things like i think um when we're when we're talking about the production and the creativity that's already a lot right there Mm -hmm. and so if you do have bigger goals at one point to take all of this and do either a really huge event or an ongoing thing probably like us probably not necessarily brick and mortar like here's my space but like (laughs) something more evolving um you'll you'll need somebody that you trust and that's good at the finance part Mm -hmm. and so it'd be cool to to have him be able to be that for you because you don't necessarily need to be good at that no and that's hard to be good at everything right blue (laughs) (laughs) yeah we liked him a lot we connected with him uh and 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 i think a big part of that was just his loving open heart and open Mm -hmm. mind to being there and to being with a bunch of weirdos and running around and he went games. out on a limb there yeah that was his birthday weekend he had never been to a festival and i was like not only are we going but like we're in it like we're participating like we're uh we're participating we're participating yeah in it. And it was a full-on immersion yeah it wasn't just like uh hey we're we gonna go to a festival it's like no we're gonna and do he loved this. it and yeah. we're still chatting with we're gonna get uh our red team cheerleader to come up here and <gasps> hang out with us nice. yeah we talked to lars uh awesome frequently. he is um Meeting someone like that, I think, was really cool, too. Yeah. Just someone that's so authentic and does not care. Yeah. And is, like, living their truest self mm-hmm. in any form. Like, is that was a really cool takeaway, to meet someone like that. Yeah, it's, like, someone who's so similar to Dave, but like, David, but, like, the inverse. Yeah. It's like the exact same drive and energy totally. and emotion and spiritual connection. In a different way. Just a totally different way. Yeah. He's cracking me up with the stuff that we're going to get him up here. I don't, I'm going to try to get him at a daybreaker for yes. sure. Yeah. Perform and be weird, but also just to hang. and. Um, we yeah. want to teach that one. Get to know more. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be really fun. And we can all like. We can do like a dirty bird recap or yeah. something. Get, get Mark to play. and. So know. actually, who's playing ours? Crispin, Crispin and, and Mark. Mark. Yeah. But who's doing the yoga part? Are we doing the yoga part? Or no. is he, I mean, oh. we, we can get How someone to play. Like yeah. we, can, we can talk so about it. So I can either want. play or I'm sure Mark would be fine playing too. Yeah, I'm sure. We can I wasn't sure because I, I don't think we've experienced two DJs on the lineup before for Daybreakers. So I wasn't two sure. two hours of dancing and they each have one uh, hour, right? Well, so... Mark was supposed to play for our birthday, but then we had to move it because of the weather. So mm-hmm. they backed out. They were going to do like back to back, like mm-hmm. every couple songs. Because oh, okay. I wanted cool. Both of them are our residents, yeah. and they're they're different enough that I think it'd be a good growing experience for both of them to kind of play. Yeah, Kristen's more every- like big room. Yeah, and uh, Mark's much more like. Disco, soulful, yeah. funky. But it'd be really good for them both because they yeah. both really admire each other. Yeah. And they both, when we see them play together, like the next party when they play again, like they grow. Yeah. So we're like, let's let's push the envelope like a little bit more nice. and make them. Okay. Because I was thinking back. for some reason that one of them was playing the yoga class and then one of them was playing the no. party. Interesting. So do you, do you want to DJ the class? Then? I don't know. We should talk about this off air. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah. Lots of pressure right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I just don't know. It would it'd be interesting to discuss the different dynamics of it, but I won't, I won't bore everyone. Yeah, we, with we, got just, we got time. We got a month. Okay. Exciting. Cool. 
yeah, yeah. and maybe we'll chat with them a little bit too because it could also be fun to talk with mark a little bit about it and like see if mark and i could like almost split it so if like i oh, dj the first cool. or if i taught the first half mm-hmm. and mark dj'd the first half and then i hopped on the decks and dj'd the second half while i teach the second you half taught the second that could half, work and That'd then be cool. mark and Kristen could tag team or something something like that We've, we just talked to mark before and he said he would love to you know dj yoga class too. awesome yeah. yeah, he he's always up for a challenge, I feel like. Oh, he yeah. throws something at him and he's like, bring it on, let's mm-hmm. go. More than anyone I've ever met. We find musically. him so Insane. inspiring as a human and just all the things he's trying to do in this area. We yeah. both really look up to him a lot. And and same with Jonathan Katz, like any the noise complaint crew, like that, everything they're doing to help bring community and mm-hmm. and positive vibes to the music scene. I just I love it. Well, we need it's it so right refreshing. Now. Yeah, we really, really need it. I feel like that's our Seattle music scene is getting so strong in like the positive community aspect. Mm-hmm. It's not just about so and so throwing a party every week and so and so doing. Like I feel like it's or that is starting to get weeded out, and it's not. I honestly think. Well, we had Mark on the podcast, and mm-hmm. I honestly think Mark was one of those. He catalysts. was a catalyst. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah, he, at, at least he came at, at in a time when like that seemed to all of a sudden make this shift, and and it's it's always been there. But I guess there's a difference between it being like this underlying aspect of the Seattle music culture, and now like is the Seattle music mm-hmm. culture. Yeah, it's really refreshing. I'm a big fan of Mark too. But that's kind of where you were saying Seattle is a difficult. Uh, place to kind of get a foothold because I feel like Seattle's kind of always on the cutting edge of mm. what's mm-hmm. here and and I guess you could say New York is too but New York is like in its own way yeah I, I don't know New York but like when I think of New York I think like cutting edge like fashion and like tastemakers but I think mm-hmm. of Seattle as like much more of like I don't know like experimental. Yes. Like we get weird on purpose. Yes. I feel like sometimes New York. It's almost like trying to be weird, but like trying to be weird so you can be cool. <laughs> Seattle's just trying to be weird, weird. to be weird yeah. and it becomes cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Seattle doesn't necessarily like what's cool. Yeah. They're, That's the other thing. Like if something cool. seems yeah. too cool or too trendy, they're like, no, 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 I don't like that anymore. Well, that's uh-huh. the other thing that's frustrating is it's like, okay, it's, it's like that phenomenon of you get mad at a band for making it and finally making money because they're not cool anymore. And it's uh-huh. like, well, what? They, and they sold out. They're so, You're like, yeah, but they had to fucking pay their bills. Like, <laughs> you know. They made their dream come true of what they always wanted yeah. to do. And now mm-hmm. you're mad at them. Mm-hmm. I know. Seattle's very confusing. That's how we are. Uh, meh. Meh. Are you going to live here forever, you think? Is this like where you, is this your home? Is this where this, you want to stay? I mean, stay? I haven't lived anywhere else. Yeah. So I feel like the easy answer would be like, yeah, I don't want to go anywhere that's else. That's kind of me. But yeah. it's, it's like, why would I leave? We have everything we could need. Have you traveled much? Eh, no, not really. Not really. My first time going like out of the U.S. was with David. Like we went to Vietnam. It was like, oh, bam, yeah. eye-opening experience. But Travel that's more. That's a big first international uh, trip. Yeah. <laughs> 15 hours on a plane and I hate flying. I was uh, like, oh cool. my God, this is insane. Yeah. It was really cool though. Cool. I'm really glad you cool. enjoyed it because I, I would I would be concerned that that would be too much the first time out. But no, it's great. We we've had a bit of wanderlust challenge. Know, because you guys travel. We've a lot, traveled though. a lot and we've seen a lot of cool places. And there's we have a scratch off map in our living room, Aww. and we've only scratched off the places we've been together. And it is like very 
very tiny amount scratched yes. off. <laughs> it's you been to you Italy. think so until yeah. you see the actual world. The world. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I've literally been to like nothing. But it feels like it's been a lot. So that's a bit of a challenge because now we feel like there's so many places that we how still need to go. How do you do it with how busy you are? Like that's, I feel like that's the struggle that David well, and I even and, have. And it's like, a balance because I actually really like being at home and I like mm-hmm. being grounded mm-hmm. and I love our dog and the kids and our grocery store and my comfy <laughs> pillow. So traveling's super fun. Yeah. But I also like part of why I love traveling is because it's, something different from being at home and it makes it when I do come home I love it that much more and Mm -hmm. I get out of this like kind of complacency of where I'm at um so I'm curious like if you do want to travel more where 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 could you see yourself wanting to go well we're going to speaking of travel uh we're going to Costa Rica in two and a half weeks we're doing like a friend vacation there's a couple other couples going that I'm really excited about one of uh our friends she's a flight attendant for alaska airlines so she's like well where do you want to go like okay sweet meet us there in costa rica um and then before that my oldest brother is getting married in nashville so we're going nashville costa rica i come home i go to daybreaker summit and -hmm. then we're going to montana to see his sister so um I really liked, we went to Sweden, not last year, but the year before. And there was something. Sweden. We went for midsummer, so their solstice, where it doesn't get dark or it gets dark for like a very (laughs) short amount of time. And like the whole town celebrates. There's a maypole, you wear white, you sing song. Like it was magical, absolutely magical. Let's go. I want to do it. Sweden's been at the top of my list for a while. It was. Amazing. And to go out to the like the bars at three o'clock in the morning and everyone's happy drunk and singing and hugging each other and like they're singing their they'd play music, like dance music, and then every fifth song would be like some type of Swedish traditional traditional song yeah. and everyone gets together and starts singing Cute. and like clanking their glasses together and you're like, Look at this amazing community that they have. Um we loved it. Sweden was amazing. I'd go back in a heartbeat. So I would love to get back over to that area. I want to do a big Norway, like, Sweden. Europe trip. Yeah. Yeah, because I really want to hit up Norway. Yeah. Hi, Blue. I think Blue's done. Yeah, Blue's, Blue's like, like, my we, tail's hitting Did you everything. say we're going? Come here, Blue. Is that what you said? Come lay down. Um, well, cool. I I think we should go on a friend vacation yes. together. Let's do a friend vacation. Or a retreat if you need some event production for a retreat. Yeah. That's a great idea. We so, did. yeah, that's that's what we're trying to figure out. And so if you talk about, like, grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. that's, you, you know, the, I guess the question is less of, like, tell me your polished example yeah. of what you want. And instead, like, like you said, throwing out the different pieces to the puzzle and being like, well, which one of those stick and which one of those fit together? Because one of the huge ones for us, like, we would love to travel. Mm-hmm. Now, the difference is could like we talked for a while about going to live in italy for a couple years really like, i would love it but like we're not quite sure that's in the cards right now mm-hmm. um but doing some sort of a european tour to like add in several different things you know like for you it could be like all right well daybreaker has something in australia and so i'm gonna go help produce an event in australia and stay for a week before and a week after and get to like experience this and then it's also a business expense and you go down there for part of it and like you know it counts as work for you yeah so it's like learning ways to compartmentalize things to be like oh no that's that's worth it to go do that's very good that's point. been most of our stuff so far so when you see us traveling it's because either 
we got an opportunity to work mm-hmm. somewhere abroad or we wanted to go to that place abroad. And so we looked for a way to work while we were there yeah. to help kind of justify it. Now, our work situation is going to be changing soon, which mm-hmm. will be a cool shift in some ways because now we'll have something that I've never encountered, which is called paid vacation. What? <laughs> right? <laughs> so part of me is kind of stoked to maybe not go to Sweden because we need to go work in Sweden, but just go because we'll be paid to have time to go be. Yeah. Just be humans there. Be humans in another country. That sounds really cool. So there's a lot of different ways to experience it. But I, I do think with your amount of talent and levels of expertise in so many different ways and then the daybreakers, there's got to be some cool travel opportunities mm-hmm. that you could create for yourself if they haven't already. Um, and Thank then you. and then be able to come back home and add to all of it. Because that's the one thing that we've really noticed with all of our experiences um, traveling, not just abroad, but like when we go teach a workshop in Tri Cities, mm-hmm. like when we when we go anywhere outside of our little Seattle bubble, and we um, create community and bring yoga and bring music, we come back with like reinvigorated for yeah, what we're exactly. doing here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like how do you find those individuals that are so all about what you're doing and all about you that they either come to your bar classes regularly or they come to all your daybreaker stuff? And how do you say, all right, well, I went and did this leadership summit for uh, Daybreaker. I want to throw my own little leadership summit that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with Daybreaker, but is instead, hey, all these individuals that I know who love to be a part of this community, how can we formulate deeper bonds between all of us mm-hmm. by all going on a retreat together? Yeah. So now you get to pick a place you want to go to. I think and- you just, shh, okay, don't talk anymore. I think this, this should not be on air. I feel like you just you just came up with a fantastic idea that I feel like we should go ahead and collaborate on. But like, I think we need a Pacific Northwest summit of of leaders of leader of community leaders. I know. Uh, I've been actually I've I've written that down. Our vibe wanted to get different fitness modalities and then different music communities or like different nights that are already really big like get the noise complaint fam get the mm-hmm. flammable uh-huh. fam that's been around forever get different yoga communities together like how do we how do we level up the city through all of our not just individual communities but like as a greater but whole. i like the idea of it being a leader summit so yeah. like a weekend that all of those key players come together and we share and we connect and we get inspired and mm-hmm. by each other and we celebrate each other and mm-hmm. all the awesome exactly. things that we're doing and then we turn around and it's not necessarily a work summit weekend it is literally a um connection weekend so that Mm -hmm. way when we do go back out to our little perspective bubbles we're just like that much more supported by all the things going i think it's yeah that needs to happen okay Uh, uh, what's a consortium uh what do you call it i want it to sound like harry potter i want it you know like a you see the tattoo i know you still have that (laughs) that's good this is dark mark it's really nice (laughs) dark mark (laughs) All right. Let's do it. Yeah. We'll uh maybe we'll uh pause the recording for now <laughs> yeah. and we'll continue discussing this Reconvene. a little bit. It's uh, fine. Is there anything that you want to share before we're done? Like with the people who might be listening, like any Yeah, what you got going on in your life? Oh snap. Uh well first thank you. Yeah. This is really fun to um feel like we had some great conversations that 
Dirty Bird camp out and was really looking forward to connecting with you guys again. So it's cool it's in front of a microphone in this cute little studio. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited for our collaboration coming up on the 28th. Shameless plug here for Daybreaker, Fantastic Monochromatic. Come dress head to toe in your bold favorite color, whether it's black, white, <laughs> or rainbow, or gold. And yeah, just share each other's community and energy with each, you know, with each other and the greater good. It's going to be a good weekend or good weekend. Good weekend. Wednesday. Good yeah. Wednesday. I'm excited. <laughs> feels like the weekend. Yeah, it does. It's like a little nice break in your week. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then like one last thing I like to ask, but don't feel too on the spot on mm. it. But um, like if I was driving through Seattle and mm-hmm. then like in the traffic, I'm so annoyed <laughs> because I like can't go further and I just want to like yell at everybody around me and then I like glance up and there's this big billboard there like and and it was just gonna like say something to me in that moment do you have something that is billboard worthy that you would put up there just to tell people or remind people yeah it's complete the mission Mm. I've got that uh from my dad it's always his phrase he's been telling us since we were little and I got it tattooed on my arm for father's day a couple years ago just whatever you do you know do it 100% fully so if you're sitting in your car like yeah but you're headed somewhere right like just remember what you're doing just remember to complete the mission no matter how big or small of a task that it is yeah wow I think you just spoke to Jordan's soul (laughs) yeah (laughs) complete the mission complete the mission whatever it is yeah at all costs thank you at all costs (laughs) (laughs) well maybe not at all I know thank you so much for joining us it was awesome to chat all right. Bye. Peace. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift Podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space. And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide. 